0: What up? It's the Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtel. Pleased to be with you today as the Steelers are just about getting ready to go to restart everything back up. After last week's bye in a decently timed spot overall with Pat Fryermuth hurt, Deontay Johnson hurt, with Dan Moore hurt, depending on how you feel about him. If there was a week to get healthy, it's a pretty solid week. Now, a lot of things surrounding the Steelers and surrounding the AFC North did not go particularly well, at least as much as you'd want it to, with Cleveland, an upset win against San Francisco, the first loss for Brock Purdy from start to finish, not counting that NFC Championship game last year against the Eagles. First start for Brock Purdy, Ever in the NFL. Since being Mr. Irrelevant and everything, Brock Purdy, it's his first loss. Now, Debo Samuel got hurt, did not return. Christian McCaffrey tried to give it a go after being hurt. Could not go. That didn't help. And when things got a little wonky and everything wasn't set up perfectly on a platter for Brock Purdy, you could tell that He looked like an average quarterback. He looked like just a guy. Now, when any quarterback is being played under Kyle Shanahan, unless your name is Trey Lance in San Francisco and you are a quarterback that is somewhat regarded, not like a Nick Mullins type or anything like that, and yes, I understand that Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick, but the expectations were different coming into this year for Brock Purdy. Then, yeah, I would expect you to be, Pretty competent under Kyle Shanahan. And when the weapons are taken away, some things to falter. Now, they should have won that game, San Francisco. A 41-yard field goal that was missed by Jake Moody in an ugly game in Cleveland. An ugly day in Cleveland. Baltimore won. In London. Against a Tennessee Titans team that's, frankly, just not very good. That the Steelers will get at Ackershire Stadium on a Thursday night. Lamar Jackson still doesn't seem to be too in sync with his wide receivers. Zay Flowers is a real player. He is good. He's got talent. He's somebody that they could truly mold into a number one wide receiver. What's the last number one? Who is the last number one wide receiver that the Baltimore Ravens have had? I mean, really think about that for a minute. Think about all the guys that they tried to select in the draft. And just kind of plug and play. Rashard Bateman is one of those guys that's still on the roster. Dropped a touchdown against the Steelers. Somebody that really peaks the mind is well, oh, they tried it. It didn't work. Remember the Sammy Watkins experiment when they brought him in as a free agent? The last really good wide receiver that remember they brought in Mike Wallace? Maybe it was a lot different in terms of when they brought in Wallace to the point of where he was in his career. But Zay Flowers looks like he could really be that number one guy to compliment Mark Andrews. Something the Ravens have never had in the Lamar Jackson era. A real wide receiver who could stretch the defense, but also in space, cross the middle, and on the far side of the field really do damage. He's not the complete package at wide receiver, but he's the closest thing they've had to it. And it's good for Baltimore. An offense that seemingly says one thing but does another. They want to be more of a downfield passing attack. But yet they still are drawing they're still they're still drawing up a ton of design runs for Lamar Jackson. Which I mean is understandable. If he can run as well as he does, why not use that as a weapon? And then the Cincinnati Bengals A team that still is trying to get itself right, but seemingly has. Joe Burrow looks back to being Joe Burrow. Back to being the quarterback that we all know him to be. That's made back-to-back AFC Championship games. 17-13 win against the Bengals. Team is now back to 500. Joe Burrow was good. Overall on the day... Two touchdown passes, did throw a pick, sacked a couple times, but what Cincinnati offense do we know that Joe Burrow does not get sacked a ton? Well, Kenny Pickett also, in the last couple weeks, hasn't been getting sacked as much. It's been a little bit better with Broderick Jones at left tackle, okay? So Dan Moore Jr. has played four total games. And how about this? We're through six weeks now in the NFL. Dan Moore Jr. has played in four games. He is still tied for eighth in the NFL in pressures allowed. Steelers had a bye last week. And Dan Moore Jr. was hurt the week before. And he is still tied for eighth in the NFL in pressures allowed. At left tackle. Now, yes, he did face off against Miles Garrett. He did go up against Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, a Nick Bosa that was fresh off of signing a new contract and was not there in training camp. But still, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. And Joey Porter Jr., this year, his passer rating allowed against this year. Remember, he has an interception against Odell Beckham Jr. that Lamar Jackson shouldn't have thrown that football. That football, but look, Joey Porter Jr. Players make plays. His current passer rating allowed in coverage is a whopping zero. A big donut hole, nothing. He's not allowed anything in 86 snaps. He's been great, and it's crazy that the Steelers just are moving heaven and earth to give excuses as to why Broderick Jones and and Joey Porter Jr. won't start. If there's anything out of the bye that I think I've really taken away, there's two things. Compared to last year's bye, and a lot of people have compared last year's bye to what could happen in this year's bye, and there's just not that many seasons where I think that I expect a night and day change coming out of the bye week. Maybe that's because Ben Roethlisberger was here, The stability of that. What difference was really going to change? Because you knew what you were getting from Ben. You knew what you were getting from the offense. Stability with Le'Veon Bell. Stability with Antonio Brown. The only stability that you had with Antonio Brown. You didn't know what he was going to do on a daily basis. But you did know that once the whistle blew and the lights came on, he was going to ball out. Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. Rookies, yes. On a young defense for Joey Porter Jr., young young defensive player that, when you look at it, Levi Wallace isn't very young. Patrick Peterson probably only has a couple years left. It seems like the Steelers are just rotating guys in at the other safety position. Do they truly miss Terrell Edmonds? I think so. KZ and Neal have been fine. But they also have not allowed Minka Fitzpatrick to play his natural position of center field free safety, let him roam around, read the quarterback's eyes, and make plays. No, Maka has to be used in coverage. And he's dropped down into the box, needing to make tackles for a defensive line that is still desperately missing Cam Hayward. But it's baffling to me why Broderick Jones, when Dan Moore Jr. is clearly struggling, and yeah, he was going up against good competition, but Dan Moore Jr. hasn't been great. of Korfor hasn't been great. Why not slide Dan Moore over to right? Suksa Korfor is going to be gone after this year. So why not let Jones, who you traded up three spots for, gave up some draft picks for, it doesn't make that much sense to me why they don't decide to put him out there. And don't you want to protect your young quarterback and Kenny Pickett, who's dealing with a lot? Matt Canada and the scrutiny around him. Injuries to his number one tight end, his number one wide receiver, his right guard, James Daniels, has missed a couple of games. And the Steelers, this is what the Steelers used to be like 10 years ago, I feel. Not letting rookies jump into the fold right away and try to be high impact guys. But if you look at this, how the Steelers have dealt with rookies in the past, it's different than in previous years. I mean, think about Pickett. Yeah, they held him back. Yes, it was at the quarterback position. Maybe that has something to do with it. Where it was the quarterback spot and whatnot. But if you look at the Steelers in terms of this year's draft and in terms of other drafts, George Pickens was pretty much thrown into the fire. DeMarvin Leal played a decent amount last year. Connor Hayward, a six-round pick, played solidly. The year before that, Najee Harris, first-round pick, starting running back day one. Pat Friermuth, starting tight end right out of the gate. Kendrick Green was your starting center for Ben Roethlisberger. So you threw Kendrick and Dan Moore was the starting left tackle. So Najee, Pat Friermuth, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore— Remember, Kendrick Green was your third-round pick. Dan Moore was your fourth-round pick. You threw them out there right away on the offensive line to protect frail Ben Roethlisberger for his final season. Why were the Steelers starting Kendrick Green at center when he was a guard? He didn't know how to play the position. You had to teach him the position. And it didn't go very well. You didn't teach him well at all. How much blame should Pat Meyer have? Right now. So the Steelers started Kendrick Green. Picked number 87. But you won't start the guy that you traded up from 17 to 14 to go get. In favor of the guy that you picked 128 in the fourth round. I think Dan Moore's fine. You can move him to right. He'd be okay there. He'd probably be better than Chooks there. Chooks has been poor. There's no denying that. But you started Najee Harris, Pat Firemuth, Kendrick Green, Damore. And that was in the 2021 draft. Right away, those guys played. Chase Claypool played in 2020. Alex Heisman played a decent amount. Kevin Dodson played a decent amount. Remember Devin Bush? Yeah, he was fun. 2019, he played. He started, first-round pick. 2018, Terrell Edmonds played a ton his rookie year. TJ Watt, 2017. Artie Burns, 2016. Bud Dupree, 2015. All these guys played during their rookie year. Ryan Shazier, 2014. Jarvis Jones 2013 dating back to the last 10 years. Jarvis Jones, the last first round pick from Georgia. Now Broderick Jones. Both with the last name of Jones but expecting different results, obviously. Why not have Broderick Jones start? The injury to Dan Moore basically opened up the window. Broderick Jones stepped in and was good. See, this would be a whole different conversation if Broderick Jones was allowing sacks and he wasn't good and he was getting dominated at the line and he hasn't been perfect. I think it helps that Isaac Sayamalo in his last two games in 69 pass blocking snaps, one pressure allowed, no quarterback no quarterback hits, no sacks allowed. He's been good. On the same side of the field as Dan Moore, on the same side of the field as Dan Moore and, and or Broderick Jones. So now that Sayamalo has picked up his play, it benefits Broderick Jones. But Kendrick Green got handed a a starting job, and Broderick Jones can't seemingly find a way to stay on the field despite good play. Our own Jeff Hathorne said yesterday, if it's my decision, I'd start Broderick Jones. The Steelers are loyal to a fault at times. Sometimes it really pays off for them, sometimes it doesn't. But don't read too much into it today. After practice on Wednesday and Thursday, we'll know even more. Dan Moore says he's going to play. But is the first time he's tested out his knee in practice situation. We'll see how that recovers. Yeah, I just think it's natural to want to play Broderick Jones, to want to play Joey Porter Jr. But think about this just overall. Do you think about matchups? You're coming out of the bye. So the Steelers last year on offense put Kenny Pickett into the starting lineup after the bye. Get things rolling, make sure things are secure, things are the way you want them to be for Pickett, and he's not just being completely thrown into the fire. You have some time to work him in. Why not have more time to work Broderick Jones in at left tackle, which is what you've already done, and work Joey Porter Jr. in a corner? And I think Porter will play more than Jones will because you just don't see a rotation of offensive linemen more so than you see a rotation of defensive backs. I'd expect Porter to play 25 snaps. Partly because think about who you're going up against. You're going up against Cooper Cup, top five wide receiver in the NFL through two games. Yeah, he's uh, putting up numbers again. And then you got to go up against the new star, Puka, wide receiver for The Rams, who has been a rookie sensation, decently high draft pick, that has taken on anybody, any challenge, and risen to the occasion. And you think the Steelers' corners are going to be able to defend those guys? Probably a top five wide receiver tandem in the NFL right now. Cooper Cup can just single handedly, I can see it now. I'm going to the game. He can single handedly shred Levi Wallace or crush Pat Peterson. I mean, man, like, can't you just see it now? Pat Peterson, Levi Wallace getting run past. Remember the touchdown catch by Devontae Adams where Patrick Peterson seemingly jumped? After the ball was caught by Adams in the end zone in Vegas. I could see that again. Minka's going to have to drop down in coverage against one of those guys. Why not put Patrick Peterson as more of a safety role, If especially if you're going to move Minka into a coverage role, which I don't want to see. I want to see him play free safety. Read Matthew Stafford's eyes. Read any of the quarterback's eyes. Make a play. But that's the way it is right now. So we'll have to see how it plays out and maybe just the beginning parts of practice where Dan Moore practiced yesterday. We'll see how it shapes out. But this is going to be a true showing for the Steelers' offense as well. Hey, Deontay Johnson's back. Pat Firemoot's going to play. Your offensive line is getting healthier. Both running backs are starting to find a mold of what they are, where it's 60-40 Najee Harris. Jalen Warren is more active in the passing game, even though Najee Harris was drafted to be active in the passing game. And Najee takes the tough runs, short-yarded situations. Warren, too, but it's a change of pace. Warren has shown that he's the faster guy. He can break off big runs. So, playing the younger guys like Warren, as well as JPJ, Broderick Jones, we'll see how much that amounts to this week and going on further, but you'd think that the bye week would be time to let those guys further work themselves into the equation. And I think practice reports will further tell us that that's the case. Mike Tomlin will also speak to the media. You can hear that right here. On 93.7, the fan, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, will talk at 12 o'clock, and then stick around for Cook and Joe, who give you live reaction of what Mike Tomlin had to say at 12.30. The wake-up show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84Lumber.com. Okay, so yesterday, it is the Major League Baseball Playoffs. I love the baseball playoffs. We'll talk about it briefly. Well, somebody is back in the news from Pirates lore. The lore of Pirates past. It is spooky season, a lot of people like to call it. This guy is somebody who came in and righted the demons of the Pirates past. And also let the team frantically in the dust for the next seven, eight years, at least from the 2015 season, to where Ben Charrington is trying to break out of it now. Who is he? What job might he potentially be interviewing for? That's coming up next. Fan early morning show.